Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culturing. TVs and movies for Generation X and beyond. I just made that up. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, isn't that kind of what our... Yeah, I know, but I and beyond, I just, I just made that up. Okay, that's good. Yes. Uh, today's uh, installment is The Hangover, 2009. Does nice. that sound right? Yeah, 2009, I think, when it came out. And you know, Todd, in 2010, The Hangover won the Golden Globe for, for best, best comedy. comedy. Right? Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. I don't think when they were making this movie, they thought it was going to win awards. And broke some records. And it broke some records. Um, I'm going to play, I don't know how much. You just tell me that you give me the, the choke sign when you're done listening okay. to the trailer. But this will just kind of warm everybody up to the feeling of the movie. So uh, here's just a little bit of it. Boys and their bachelor parties, it's gross. It is gross. I just wish your friends were as mature as you. They are mature, actually. You just have to... Get to know them better. Paging Dr. Douchebag. Now this is Vegas. Do a night we'll never forget. What happened last night? Am I missing a tooth? Oh. <laughs> Whose baby is that? Check its collar or something. I looked everywhere. Nobody's seen Doug. I don't think I've ever been this hungover. What's on your arm? Is that good? All right. Hospital last night. That's a good start. I don't think I've ever been this hungover. So many good lines just in that little clip. <laughs> um, Before we jump into the movie, yeah. because it, this is, you know, if you've seen The Hangover, which I'm sure if you're listening to this, you have, um, you know that it takes place in Vegas, obviously. And Vegas, you know, I'm really excited to do this movie for a lot of reasons, but one of them is that I love Vegas. Vegas, um, baby, Vegas. Todd and I both love Vegas, and I love watching this movie because I love Vegas. Um, I know that Vegas is... So here's the interesting thing about... Here's the paradoxical thing about loving Vegas and loving The Hangover, the movie, is I'm quite aware that this movie has a lot of misogyny. I'm quite aware that the female characters are not developed. I'm quite aware of the stereotypes. I'm quite aware of the crass humor. I see it. Um, I think this is probably one of our last comedies that was like this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we were coming from the Judd Apatow movies and we were coming from, you know, this movie and, um, you know, like a certain kind of humor that we really don't see anymore. And a lot of that is because a lot of the things that are said in this movie would not fly. So, there's, I get that. I see that. Um, it just kind of like when we talk about our Gen X movies, you know, there's a lot that you can debate. Same with Vegas. Like when I tell some people I tell that I love Vegas, they agree. And some people are like, I can't believe you like that place. I've heard that uh, from many of my friends. Like you, yeah. Kathy, like Vegas. Yeah. And here's the deal. A lot of people listen to our podcast and we talk about self-awareness and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, self-awareness, mindfulness, sensitivities, communication, connection, all these things that seem a little soft and fuzzy to people. Yeah. Also known as blah, 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 because this is <laughs> pop culturing, sweetie. We're not blah, talking blah, blah. about self-awareness. Okay. Um, they're like, God, you and, and they perceive us through this, like, I think, nerdy, narrow lens. Mm-hmm. And me and you like to be as big of idiots as the next couple. Yes, we do. Right? And we yes. love Vegas and we love... We've gone there, what, probably each of the last four or five years? Every year, sometimes twice a year. I don't know how we decide to do this, but we somehow go there in the summertime. Yes. And the last 
I think two out of the last three times, or maybe the last two times, it's literally been 116 degrees, <laughs> and it's been sunny and windy. Uh-huh. And what I always say, and I've said to you many times, is you would think that the wind would cool you off a bit, but it, it makes it worse. I know. Because it's like a blow, a hair blow dryer being just thrown in your face the entire time. It's just a very interesting time of the year to go to Vegas, but we love it. And I, that's what I was going to say is the funny thing is, is it makes me smile because I love it. I love it when we walk outside and it's that hot. And I love it when we go out at night in Vegas. And, and you know, really when the way Vegas is now is you stay at a hotel and you pretty much stay at that hotel the whole time. I mean, you and I tend to, we always stay at either the Venetian um, or what's the other half of the Venetian, the Palazzo yeah. or just Palazzo. And they're kind of connected and we stay in one of those. And we tend to, we've gone over to the Cosmopolitan. We've gone to Planet Hollywood a lot. Cause a lot of times the musical acts that we want to see are there. Um, so sometimes you have to move around if you're going to see, we saw Lady Gaga at, um, somewhere over there, Aria or something. So sometimes you have to leave, but for the most part, you can just kind of stay in your hotel because it's so freaking huge. And, and it, it takes has... forever to go from one hotel to the next. Totally. Like if you think about like, oh, wait, we're right next door to Caesar's Palace, but that's a 20 minute walk. At least. Right next door. It's 20 minutes to leave the hotel sometimes. To get if you're out. in the middle of the casino and you need to find the Uber place or just the Las Vegas Boulevard exit, like that could be... 13 minutes right there. So, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, I mean, we'll kind of bring in our love of Vegas through the whole thing. But the truth about Vegas is that it is, you know, for those of you who do listen to Zen Parenting Radio, I love freedom. And I don't mean that in the way that politicians use it. I mean, I love the way that you know, being at a place where everything is open 24 hours and I can go to bed when I want, I can get up when I want, I can get a smoothie, I can get coffee, I can get food, I can gamble, which I really don't Not do that Not that this much. ever happens anymore, but if we want to wake up at 3.30 in the morning, you know that we can go we eat could. and gamble and have a beer. It's all available. And one of our favorite things is when we are leaving, which is always a sad morning, you go down, you know, we'll go downstairs at like 6.30 to go get our, you know, Uber to leave Vegas and there's people there's- at the table. From the night before. From the night before. And I know that, again, like, this is so hard to talk about because people are like, but that's so sad. They're losing money or they're doing this. It's just, it's It's very paradoxical and it's very Vegas. And Todd and I totally dig it. And um, and the only bummer is I think they still let you smoke in the casinos there. Yeah, but the ventilation is really incredible. Good but it's still, there's still cigarette smoke that's all over. That is, minutes. it is surprising to look around and see people smoke. But I, you know, I think anybody, if you're in a room with a lot of smokers can be affected, but the ventilation is, is unbelievable. And so you're kind of like, you know, you can walk by, remember the cigar bar that is right by where our elevators mm-hmm. are? Um, yeah. when we're at the yeah. Palazzo, the, the, if you walk by there, you're like, whoa, yeah. because everybody in the middle of the night is smoking, smoking cigars, cigar. which is totally different. But we just totally dig it. And this movie, and then I would say the other movie that I love Vegas, and this is even older, is Honeymoon in Vegas is one of our favorite movies too. Yes. And that's way old, but there's so much funny Vegas humor in that too. Well, maybe we'll do a section at the end of the show about other movies that have Vegas in it and talk yeah. about it. Because I have a list here. Oh, you do? And I didn't even write down Honeymoon in Vegas. And that S- needs to be Sweetie, in the, the list. king must fold. The king is... Eddie? Okay. Eddie. <laughs> um, so how point. or where do we want to begin? So I first where I want to begin is just for names. Because I've seen okay. this movie a bazillion times. Zach Galifianakis. Galifianakis. His character's name is Alan. Alan. Okay, because I keep forgetting that. It's Alan. It's Alan. Bradley Cooper is 
Phil, Phil. Uh-huh. and Ed Helms is Stu. Yes. All right. So Stu and is Ed Helms. Justin Bartha is Doug. Right. We don't, don't care about. about Doug. We don't. Care I about care Doug. about Doug. I don't care about Doug. You and I are going to debate this, but people talk about this being like a three guy movie. It's a three guy movie. I get that they are the leads, but I think Doug is an important character in this no, movie. No, he's not. Oh, geez. Okay, we're already debating. Well, there's no funny part. I mean, that's not true. There's no, not he's many, got funny parts. Barely. A few. Compared to the other three. Yes, compared to the other three, the the 80% of the movie is the three guys. Right, okay. Um, so how do we want to start? What do you think? Um, I think let's just start with, I'll, I'll just kind of lead off with the beginning of the movie. I mean, another thing I didn't add is, that uh, Todd and I both, um, we tend to fall asleep sometimes to having a show on or a movie on. Not all the time, but sometimes we just leave something on like Spotlight or some movie and then we fall We've asleep. We've seen over and over. We've over seen here. over and over and over. So one of my movies that I that I listen to when I'm falling asleep is The Hangover. So this movie's in my brain. And why I'm saying that is because I tend to skip over the first 10 minutes of the movie. So if I'm going to lay down, so I have this incredible, like, well, it's not incredible, but I have this earphone that you can lay on top of it. It's like, it's actually a headband earphone thing that people run with, but I just lay it on top of my pillow and then I can put my ear on it because I don't like to, you sleep in AirPods. I don't know how you do that. Uh, I have to lay on one side and then the AirPod is in my other ear. I know, but doesn't it, when you take one out, doesn't it go off and sometimes it disconnects? No. I used to struggle with it. So I got this thing that I lay on, and so I will, you know, listen to a movie, but I don't like to start from the very, very beginning. I like the opening scene of this movie because you don't... I remember you and I went to see this in the theater for the first time. That's where we meet uh, Doug and Alan. No, the opening scene, the very opening scene is Phil on the phone. Oh, you're right. Phil on the phone. So it's like a flash forward. It is. And so you don't know what's going on. You don't know who's in the background. You just see Phil on the phone. You don't know who he's calling, but he's like, "Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. You know, we're not going to make it. Phil, where the hell are you guys? I'm freaking out. Yeah, listen. Uh, (sighs) We fucked up. (laughs) What are you talking about? The bachelor party, the whole night. It's we lost things Doug. got out of control and uh we lost Doug. What? We can't find Doug. That's such a great opening. I know. Love it. So that's the beginning, and then it goes into the credits. And so I like that, but the beginning that you're talking about is... When we meet Alan. Yeah, Alan and Doug, and they're trying on their tuxes, mm-hmm. and then you meet, you know... Jeffrey um, Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor, and he gives him the car. He gives yeah. Doug the car. So I usually start the movie when Doug picks up Phil. Yes, And I don't even like Phil in his classroom because, by the way, everybody, Phil's a teacher. Mm -hmm. And this is an important plot point. Not a model teacher. Not a model teacher. Stealing money from his students. But Todd and I are going to have some... Well, we're going to debate Phil as a character, and we don't need to do it quite yet. But you start out learning he's a teacher at a private school, and then the scene that I usually start listening is when he's coming down the stairs and these kids are trying to talk to him like, you know, Mr. Whatever. And he's like, no, no, I don't know you. Don't talk to me. Um, and then he gets in the car, and then they take off to go get Stu. Hey, Mr. Winnick. It's the weekend about Nick. I don't know you. You do not exist. (laughs) 
That's our intro. That's our intro. Love it. Well, our intro to Phil is that he's trying to get money from his students for a field trip, and then you realize it's his Vegas money. So the character setup is great. Like in three minutes, you're like, okay, we think we like him. Oh no, he is not a good person. And then when he gets in the car, he's like, who's this guy? Yeah. And he's talking about Alan, and he's and Doug's like, you met him like you know several months ago. He's like, oh great, how you doing? Nerds ask me another question. Hannibal, who's this? It's Alan, Tracy's brother. I met you like four times. Oh, yeah. How you doing, man? How you doing? Oh, yeah. How you doing, man? That's such guy culture. It is. Oh, yeah, yeah. How you doing, man? (laughs) Okay, didn't know him. Then they go get Stu. And so this is kind of really the scene where I'm like laying down, resting, and listening for the first time, which is Stu having a conversation with his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. Melissa. And Melissa is the worst. Yeah, like an encapsulation of the worst girlfriend ever. Yeah, just not a nice person, which before you play a scene- Um, is the one of the, uh, I, sorry, I have to be the, the feminist as I watch this movie, you know, it's kind of an ironic thing to say watching this movie, but she's not a well-developed character and it's a very stereotypical role for a woman that she's a pain, exactly like, you know, it's funny because there's always like the woman buzzkill, Mm -hmm. right? The one who like doesn't let her man do something or is bringing him down, you know, the, the what's what's Rocky's wife's name? Adrian. Adrian. Like you know, there's an and Adrian's easy on Adrian. I love Jeez Adrian. Louise. I love Adrian, but there's always like Rocky would win if Adrian would support him. You know, it's kind of like her fault. If it wasn't for Adrian, he wouldn't have even fought Clever Lang that third t- that second time because of the big talk at the beach. I know, but prior to the big talk at the beach was a her trying to talk him out of it. Remember? Because I, I know you. I mean, of course you remember. So she's not a great, she's a caricature. Yo, Adrian! <laughs> I love you. Good old Adrian. That was at the end of Rocky 2. Yes, it was. Um, so anyway, Melissa's not the most well-developed character. She's in a caricature, but let's just go with it. She's not nice to see. Checking stew. of the row game. Checking, putting on. Using of the row game. <laughs> Check. And make sure to call me right when you get to the hotel, not like that conference in Phoenix. I had to wait two hours for you to call me. Yeah, I was the keynote speaker. I was late to the podium. Still? Yeah, you're totally right. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Still? She's the worst. I know. So the whole gist in that scene is that, you know, she's basically saying, don't, you know, don't go... You know, you and your friends, you're going to Vegas and you guys are gross and you're going to go to strip clubs, which she's right. Mm-hmm. They are. And but he lies to Melissa and says, Stu lies and says he's going to Napa Valley. Yep. And so they pull up and they pick him up. And it's interesting in the trailer, you were just playing that scene of when they pick him up and they actually change the language. Yeah. Um, which I'm glad because yeah. um, the slur that uh, Phil yeah. throws out is not good. Yeah. Um, and so. They get in the car and they're on their way. So they're driving to Vegas, and um, that's that's a Zach Galifianakis shining time, don't you think? Sure. You know that's when he's throwing out all his jokes. You're getting to know him, um, and you know. So let's just stop for a moment. These four are in the car, and let's take um, Alan out of it for a second. These other three guys are supposed to be best friends, right? Besties. So. Now that we have a little bit of an introduction to Stu, Phil, and Doug, mm-hmm. like, do you do you buy that? Do you buy that they're best? That they're best friends. Mm-hmm. They sure seem pretty different. Like Doug seems like the straight man. Yeah, and I guess um, he's got like a moral compass. Yeah, mm-hmm. Stu also seems to have a bit of a moral compass, with the exception of being roofied. He's Stu 
thinks he has a moral compass, but he also allow he's he doesn't have a great self awareness. He doesn't have a great sense of self worth. No, he's a he allows himself to get um, put down by his girlfriend. And yeah, really, he thinks he's in love when really yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right. And then there's that part. Now we'll probably play it where Bradley Cooper's character Phil is like just shoots him very straight. Yeah, of she, what he thinks about his girlfriend slash fiance. Yeah, in, in a couple scenes. Um, but no, do I think these three could be best friends? Yeah, I think they could. And the fact that Alan, who's the outsider, uh, is going with them is a wonderful way to tell the story. Like, yeah. Because if they're all just four best friends, it would be less compelling. Exactly. You need kind of somebody to get in An there outsider. and stir it up. Yes. Because they're kind of trying to play their roles and he kind of keeps, you know, he keeps muddying the waters, having them go in different directions. And the whole gist of the movie is because what Alan does, um, you know, and we're getting to that. So, so they, and so, you know, I love this scene of them driving there, um, for a lot of reasons, but when they're driving into Vegas, there's a whole like slow motion kind of scene where I think a Kanye song is playing and they, you get to see where they're going and what everything's like. And I, you know, I love those scenes. Oh yeah. It's just, it's just, it makes Vegas look super fun. Totally. What it doesn't show you is you, you know, I don't know how many out of 10 people that gamble in Vegas, how many go home winners, but I would guess it's one out of 10. Yeah. Maybe it's one out of 50. I don't know. You know, I know a lot of people have written think pieces about Vegas. Like, why do we go there? It's actually become like a family friendly place. I mean, Todd and I now see more families than we ever have, you know, even though they're still like half naked women. Yeah trying to get their pictures taken and you smell weed everywhere. Yeah. And, and, you know, prostitution's legal. I mean, yep. it's a totally different jam. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it, it's not typical. Um, yet there are, there's a lot of, you know, if you want to see any comedian or any band, that is a place to go. Um, but anyway, I just like that whole vibe when they're coming in. And then, you know, one of my favorite scenes is when they go up to the counter and to check in, um, because there's a lot of information there when they're, you know, checking in and, getting the room um and that's the first time that they do the joke of um you know dr stew whatever his last name is right and and phil you know being the the jerk friend is like he's like you're a you're a dentist there it is checking in yeah we have a reservation under dr price okay let me look that up for you dr price (laughs) Stu, you're a dentist (laughs) Hey, don't try and get fancy. <laughs> it's not fancy if it's true. He's a dentist. Don't get too excited. And if uh, someone has a heart attack, you should still call 911. Uh, so so good. Todd and I say that to each other don't all the time. Don't get fancy. Don't get fancy. Um, it's just a great scene. And then, so this is the other thing about this scene. Um, there is like, so after that moment, you know, she puts them in a room where there's double beds and, you know, Phil's like, no, we're, we're going to stay in a villa. We're going to stay in a suite, whatever. And Phil has no money to no. pay for any of this. No. So when they do get the villa, he's like, okay, Stu, give, give her your card, which that's a whole issue because he, you know, because he's kind of, he's with Melissa and she checks a statement and, you know, he's like, I can't do this. And they eventually get it because Lisa at the desk is like. Well, and just a quick pause, like within any group of guys, everybody has a different relationship right. with money. Totally. I am the cheap tightwad. Mm-hmm. Like let's all double up. And I've been made fun of on numerous occasions by my friends. Like, no, we're all getting our own bed. And I'm just like, we're going to spend six hours there. We're probably going to be too drunk to even really get good sleep anyways, whether I'm in a bed alone 
or sharing a queen with my buddy. Right. And um, I usually lose that fight now. Now that I'm 50 years old, the the guys are like, no, we're we're all getting our own beds. Well, and I'm with your friends. Like I, I'm not Phil. I don't need a villa, but come on. Like I'm not sharing a bed with three people. I didn't even know they were called villas until this movie. I just uh. called them suites or whatever. But by the way, prostitu- prostitution is illegal in Las Vegas and Clark County, Nevada. However, there are some areas in Nevada where prostitution is legal. So in what? Las Vegas, it is illegal. What? Yep. So why can people... I think they may all call themselves escorts and... So, but are the things they're handing out like brothels in areas well, that it is legal? Possibly. Okay. A lot of the, like, the guys that like snap that flyer on their hand, yeah. that's all for strip joints. Okay. I mean, not all, but there's a lot of them. That's well, that's, inf- that's news to me. I yeah. thought that prostitution was legal in Vegas. I thought that was one of the biggest draws. Nope. Okay. And I think it's... And the reason I... Because that's what I thought that Me it was too. illegal, but mm-hmm. I double checked. You thought it was legal. Uh, I actually thought I actually remember hearing that it is illegal. You in heard Las it was Vegas. illegal. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, so, so they get the villa, and then I, you know, that's a great transition scene because that Rihanna play song plays, um, which is great. And then they, um, I think the first like real scene that happens after that is when Stu is talking to Melissa, lying to her about where they are. And then that's when Alan goes downstairs and um, Phil and Stu and Doug have a moment where Stu says he's going to propose. Yeah. And so I didn't know. I thought you liked that scene. I thought you wanted to play that. Uh, I think this is it. Stewie, congratulations. Oh, I think it is. Oh, good. Because I have something to show you. Uh-oh. What the hell is that? What do you think it is? Oh, wow. If it's what I think it is, I think it's a big fucking mistake. (laughs) I'm going to propose to Melissa at your wedding, after the ceremony. Stewie, congratulations. Thank you, Doug. That's a beautiful ring. Yeah, that's my grandmother. She made it all the way through the Holocaust with that thing. It's legit. I don't get it. Wait, have you not listened to anything I've ever said? Phil, we've been dating for three years. It's time. This is how it works. A, that is bullshit. And B, she is a complete bitch. Hey. What I the reason I love that scene is we all need friends, different friends. Uh, Doug is a kind is the, friend, the supportive, like supportive, I, I'm, whatever right. you do, I'm on your side, right? And Phil is, I'm going to shoot it to you straight, right? And I think they're both valuable because right after that, Phil says she beats you, yeah, and Stu's like that was twice, yes. Right. You know, like, you know, it's not just about, again, not a very well-developed character. Not it, She's not really, I don't think there's a lot of people like her. She's mean. She hurts him. She cheated on him with, uh, that's a long-running joke in the movie, too. They keep saying it's a sailor or a yeah, bartender. Right. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. But she obviously cheated on him. And so they don't want him to marry her. But that is his plan going into this weekend. And then that's when, um, right after that conversation, is when Alan comes back and they do the who let the dogs out thing. And then they get on the elevator and go up to the roof. Well, and this is probably, I don't know if this is my favorite part of the movie, but it's got to be up there. Oh, it's like college. All right, I want to talk about something. (laughs) All right. I'd like to to say something. that prepared tonight. All right, Alan. Hello. How about that ride in? I guess that's why they call it Sin City. 
So pause for a second. You guys Pausing. might not know this. Pausing. Using of the Rogaine. Um, you and I, when we went to see this in the theater, we were dying at that part. Well, I remember, like, we laughed a lot, but that was the part where we were like, yes, when he's like, gonna hello. Yeah. Um, and I, first of all, he's got a weird t-shirt on like, like bradley wolf, cooper looks like all decked out like he's a model okay it, let's stop there bradley cooper is so hot in this movie yeah the, he's like, got the whole package he's and it's like it was such a departure because he had been in so many comedies and i think wedding crashers was the only thing i really knew him from um because i didn't watch the i didn't watch the shows on tv that he was in um and he was not hot mm -hmm. in Wedding Crashers, nor was he supposed to be. But, oh, my God, he's so beautiful in this yes. movie. And so he's just as jerky as he is. He is the alpha. Yeah, he's the um, leader. Yes, he's, he's the, the leader, leader of the group. Yes. Which is funny because um, Zach Galifianakis' character, what's his name again? Alan. Alan is interrupting Phil, <laughs> Phil as he's about to give a toast. <laughs> he's like, okay, I got something to say. And he's like, oh. And I don't remember <laughs> knowing... Zach Galifianakis before this movie. I didn't either. It so, was the comedians knew him. People like yeah, he, he was a stand up, and yeah. he didn't get to us yet. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. And people, you know, he he's one of those people again prior to the Hangover that everybody knew was awesome, but just kind of like the Melissa McCarthy's of the world. Like everybody knew this person is awesome and funny. They just hadn't had their shot yet. Right. And so then you get bridesmaids, then you get, you know, the hangover and they get to kind of show who they really are. Right. Um, so that scene, um, cause I know it goes on. Um, but I, it's my favorite scene of the movie. Really? Because, well, and I'll tell you why I have many scenes, but Th that scene where um, the Usher song starts playing, yeah, you know that song, yeah, mm -hmm. is and then you watch Vegas in time lapse. Yeah, that's that's what gets me most excited about Vegas is like what's going on inside of all of those buildings. Like, and that's what we're supposed to be. You know, it's a genius uh, framework for a movie for because sure. instead of all the other showing movies us anything, show you everything exactly. All you see is the time lapse. So will you get to that just because, um, uh, which part it right after they do the toast. Um, you mean when the, the next morning? No, uh, right after they do in that scene. Right. Oh, there. sure. Sure. So when the, when the music kicks over, yes, sure. Let's see. Perfect. Alan, come here, buddy. Get in here. Crazy. Get in here. Crazy. All right. To a night the four of us will never forget. Which is funny because they forget the, they whole, forget thing. the whole thing. So I, I always keep my eye on Marie Osmond. Mm -hmm. That her like because and also the way Vegas feels at night. Versus the morning. Totally different feel. They, I know. Like Vegas at night when they, you know, do the toast at first, it's got, oh my God, it's like every possibility. And then as it gets lighter, it's regret, 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 yeah. regret. Like not for everybody. Just but a lot of bad decisions being made in those buildings. <laughs> and so it's just, you get that feeling where it's a perfect segue to this is the next scene is them waking up in their villa 
And I don't know how much of that you're going to play, but Todd, I remember when we it's went. It's mostly to, visual, so I don't know if I want to. It's a long opening, isn't yeah. it? Because they're trying to show you the whole but, room. But you re- talk about good acting. Oh, Ed Helms looks as hungover as he's portraying. When we saw it in the theater, or now we've seen it a hundred times, when we saw it in the theater, I remember we looked at each other and we we're like, that is exactly what it feels like to be hungover. The way they did the camera work, yeah. like he wakes up basically on the ground. You know, it, hopefully we aren't waking up this way, but with his face on the ground, his glasses are like all, you know, they're they're not quite straight and then they do the camera where he's walking around right and he cannot like see what's happening and then he just sits down he feels so sick yeah um and then that okay so this i do want you to play because i love the whole interaction between phil and Stu, starting when you know alan sees there's a tiger in the bathroom and i love Bradley Cooper's reaction to seeing the tiger. Go in the bathroom. Al, just calm down. Calm down. Phil, there is a tiger in the bathroom. What's going on? <laughs> There's a jungle cat in the bathroom. Okay, okay. I'll check, I'll check, I'll check it out. Go, 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 go. Be careful. Don't, don't. Oh, Holy <laughs> fuck. He's not kidding. There's a tiger in there. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. <laughs> it's bitch. Gigantic. And then this next okay, part buddy? is great, too. No, I am in so much pain right now. God damn. Look at this place. I know. Phil, they have my credit card downstairs. I am so screwed. I mean, how, how does a tiger get in the bathroom? He almost killed me. Hey, bro, you mind putting on some pants? I find it a little weird. I have to ask twice. Pants at a time like this, I don't have any. Is that good? <laughs> I like what he talks about his teeth. What the fuck happened last night? <laughs> hey, Phil, am I missing a tooth? I can't. Oh. <laughs> That's it. It's I just love such it. A it's real such reaction. good acting, yeah. like the la- the seeing the tiger and like his response. And again, here's like maybe we'll debate Phil right now, and we can continue to do that. All but right. I obviously Phil is not doesn't have great characters. Compass is off. Okay, I got it. Like he's married, he has a kid, and he's his choices are not great, and he's kind of a jerk, and he doesn't use his own money. But he has some moments. In this movie that I think are he's a he's a not a good guy. What's the language? Well, nobody um, is a complete dick. Right. And nobody is completely good. And Bradley Cooper's character shows mostly dickish behaviors. And there's some little sweet, tender moments that he has, too. He does. And he is kind of like the, ironically, the optimist of the group. Mm-hmm. Like, after that scene where he laughs, he's like, oh, my God. And then he's like, okay, 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 okay. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah, he's like, let's just get like, some coffee. Let's just get some coffee. Like, he, he's not an- anxious. Mm-hmm. And he's not stressed about it. He's like, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. And and to your point about friends, everybody needs the friend that is like, it's fine. Because right there, Stu is freaking out. Yeah. Obviously, Alan is freaking out. And, you know, but then, you know, I have that moment with Phil where I'm like, okay. But then when they find the baby, Phil's like, it's not our baby, which yeah. isn't great. Um, So you're right. He's many things at once. It's just the more you watch this movie, the more you kind of see Phil's like, ability to support his friends sure. and if he wasn't there well the, the, at the very end when they're at the wedding yeah he's just like a sweet friend yes but yes. most of the movie he is not he's and we all have people like that maybe not he's a he's a uh an amalgam or an encapsulation of a kind of friend mm-hmm. but we all have similar you know people who like do the things that keep us going what's interesting is this is obviously is a comedy but if you really are a shrewd movie watcher. Mm-hmm. You can 
you know, when the mattress, the, the yeah. mattress comes out. And so like set that up. Like, so I'll do my best. They're the next morning. They're going to go find uh, Doug gotta, yeah. as best they can, uh, follow the clues to the hospital yeah. or whatever it is. And, um, there is a bunch of police activity and yeah. it turns out that somebody had thrown, no, no, there was a mattress like stuck somewhere. It was be- like stuck on one of the gargoyles yes. on Caesar's palace. Yes. And little did we know that was all the information that we really. But they knew that was Doug's mattress. That's why it's confusing to me because when Alan checks out all the rooms before they leave the room, he's like, Doug's not in his room and his mattress is gone. And so when they see, you know, the one, there's another dude, just random character who's like, yeah, some guys just can't handle Vegas. You know, oh, here it is. Yeah. Check it out. Is that the mattress from Doug's room? What the fuck? Hey, man, what, what's going on here? Some asshole threw his bed out the window last night. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, so they think Doug threw his mattress out the window. And what they remembered later on, but not in this moment, is the windows don't open in Vegas. Correct. So... It's kind of like one of those things, to your point, after you've seen it a time or two, you're like, how did they not figure it out that And we as movie watchers didn't figure it out either. No, we didn't. But we also didn't do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? And again, they have forgotten most of the night. Um, You Um, know. So my really quick hot take, like, I can't get, you know, the whole baby Carlos, is that what they call him? Yeah. Well, he says, what's his name? And first, Phil says Ben. But then. It's Carlos. Alan's like, Carlos. Carlos. I know that it can be funny. I just can't get past that it's a little piece of innocence and they're... So I'm not a fan, I guess. You and I both struggled with this. First of all, because that sweet little baby... Especially when the baby's crying. When So those are scenes I skip over. Oh. Um, so the scene when... Uh, the baby is crying in the backseat of the car and then right after they go to the chapel, which I don't want to jump over that because I love Eddie. Sure. Um they get in the car and the, you know, some people start like beating up their car and it's scary and it's scary for the baby. And I don't like it at all. Um, again, I, I don't know if we, why they think that's funny. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, so I'm not a fan of the baby either, even though the baby is what brings them to Heather Graham because it's her baby. So I'm looking at the scenes where they're in the wedding chapel and just the pictures alone in that scene <laughs> are hilarious. And we can't do it on well, this podcast. But if you want, if you rewatch this movie as a result of this podcast, <laughs> just zero in, like pause the pictures because Bradley Cooper's not looking at the camera. He looks completely drugged out. And Ed Helms is grabbing uh, Jade's breast, and it's just very. very They're all. It's like it's it's a it's a cluster. (laughs) And but what I love is the beginning of that scene when they walk in and they're like, "Was there a wedding here last night?" I love Eddie's. You like like Eddie? I just like Eddie. Eddie's so excited. Let me see. Here we go. Hi. (laughs) Look at these guys. What happened? You miss me. You miss Eddie. You want more from me? What? How are you, my friend? Look at this guy. You fucking crazy. What's going on, man? Listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. I know some sick people in my life. 
This guy is the craziest, wildest bastard I ever met. He's talking in my about life. Stu. This guy. This guy. Is this guy? Stu. And Stu is not that. No. So that's what's so funny about the scene is he's like Alan, whatever, and then he's like, but Stu. Well, this other version of Stu shows up Correct. in a way that we don't get a chance to see. And so we obviously find out that Stu married Jade, who yeah. is Heather Graham, but they don't know her yet. No. Um, but they get her address. They go to find her. But right before that is the first time they realize they're in real trouble because that's when, like I said, the baby's in the back seat and they their car gets totally trashed and they have to run away and they're like, what's going on? Right. So then they get to Heather Graham and um, and that's a that's a funny scene too, just in how much they missed because she's like Hey guys, and she like is totally. It's she's like she's like best friends with them, and it's, they she's like Alec Baldwin in that Friends episode, the Massapequa one, where yeah. he's like classic, classic Ross. Yeah, right. Um, where she's like funny, Phil. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they don't have no idea who she is, yeah. and she has this. She's married to Stu, um, and so you know, there's there's jokes in that scene. There's some famous jokes, but I don't. Uh, that's not my scene. Well, and then there's a scene where she starts nursing Carlos. Yeah. What is his name? His name movie? is Tyler. Tyler. Mm-hmm. And um, all the all three guys have to look away. Get like really uncomfortable, which is and it's funny because I'm 50 now. When I was 30, and you and all your friends were having babies were nursing. Mm-hmm. and nursing, it was uncomfortable. Was but it the, for sure? And I think I remember you being like, "Why? You, this is just my baby's eating. Like, why is it?" And it's because this this breast that is protected ninety nine point nine percent of the other times is now sort of exposed. So even with me, not with okay. you, but your but friends would friends, come out yeah. mm-hmm. and nurse their children, which mm-hmm. they have every they shouldn't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I'm totally on board, and it's me kind of swimming in my discomfort. Yeah, and there's really nothing uncomfortable about mm-hmm. it if I could just get out of my own way. But I just identify with their discomfort. Well, and, ni- and again, this is a movie, but 99% of the time, even when my friends were over, we used blankets. Yeah, they'll put a blanket you know, over. Yeah, it's really not. We were, it, you know, and again, I don't think women should have to do that. It's not. But I think most of the time there was, it was convenient. It made it easier. And it also was nice for the baby to have some privacy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like not be stimulated by the outside world. So sure. it could be multi-purposeful. But yes, she's nursing the baby. And eventually the police come in. And Rob Riggle is interesting in this movie to me because the first time I saw the movie I didn't think any of the scenes with him were funny right and I I agree I didn't think it was that funny and now that I watch it a lot it's it's hilarious very funny and the funniest is when they have them in the room and they are um interrogating them (laughs) and that that made me laugh says uh couldn't find a meter (laughs) but here's four bucks (laughs) (laughs) the bad news is we can't get you in front of a judge until Monday morning. Oh, no, uh, officer, that's just impossible. No, we need to be in L.A. tomorrow for a wedding. You stole a police car. We didn't steal anything. Um, we found it. Yeah, if anything, we deserve a reward or something. <laughs> like a trophy. Like a trophy. I see assholes like you every day. Every fucking day. Let's go to Vegas. We'll all get drunk and Yeah, Woo! steal a cop car because it'd be really fucking yeah. funny. Think you gonna get away with it? Not up in here! Not up in here! <laughs> they, I would watch favorite. a TV show with these two. Like, <laughs> just put them in a whole bunch of other situations and watch these two cops. Oh my 
my god. I would love it. It's so so I like that. I don't like the whole taser thing. It's like I feel like that's just a throw yeah, in. Yeah, it's a taser's not that fun. Yeah, it's like let's hurt people and have kids watch it. Whatever. You know, again, this movie ups and downs. Um, but you get through that and then they get released. And then that's my first scene where I'm like, Phil's being sweet because after that scene, after they finally get out of there, that's when you when Alan you realize is very worried about Doug and he's very worried about what could happen and Phil is really like you know it's okay we're yeah. gonna get through this so Phil has a moment um and then but they do get their car back and then after that where do they go it's oh, so that... in, it's so interesting that you are doing all of this out of your memory oh. like you would think that you like have the script in front of you right but I'm like following along with you uh-huh. on this Amazon account because uh-huh. we bought the movie uh-huh. and you're like you haven't missed a beat the whole time so now it's, like I said I listen to it all the time so now it's Ken John and he jumps out yeah. naked in yeah. the trunk which I, he's not my favorite part of the movie either. yeah stereotypes yeah. you know it's not it's not great right um, and uh, so yeah so I mean there's some funny things in that but there's you know for the most part it's um, not right. great and then uh, now it's Mike Tyson now it's Mike Tyson. So they go back to the room. They realize that, you know, they walk in and they kind of forgot about the tiger. Mike Tyson's there um, the in the air tonight scene. Who the hell are you? Oh, who the hell are you? Quiet, quiet. Mike Tyson? This is my favorite part coming up right now. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. I heard I read somewhere that they sing the wrong line here. Oh really? Yeah, like I don't know what the word is, um, and I'll try to find it, but you think that they are saying they're all singing the right thing and they're, and they're not. Here it is. Um uh first of all, Mike Tyson revealed that he appeared in the film to fund his drug habit and that he was high on cocaine when he filmed these scenes. Tyson later said that working on the film convinced him to change his lifestyle. Mm. When Phil, Alan, Stu, and Mike Tyson sing in the air tonight, the trio hung over on roofies, incorrectly sing the chorus line, hold on, when the lyric is, oh, Lord. Oh, how funny. Well, you know what? Even though it's, oh, Lord, and that a lot of people sing, hold on. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're just being, yeah. you know. They're just doing what everybody else does. That's funny. I read the same thing about Mike Tyson, that he almost didn't do this movie, but kind of got convinced and, mm-hmm. you know, it gave him kind of another shot. A few other random facts before we move on. Uh-huh. Uh, no uh, effects or prosthetics were created for Stu's missing tooth. Ed Helms never had an adult incisor growing and his fake incisor was taken out for the parts where his tooth is missing. Did yeah. you know that, sweetie? I did, because Jim Carrey did a similar thing in Dumb and Dumber. Ed Helms and Zach Galifianakis' song, Stu Song and Three Best Friends, were ironic, were ironically... Improvised. Uh, were improvised. I'm having a hard time reading my own writing, so... Yeah, yes. they were both improvised, um, and Stu's is, is good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Stu's is very he good. He kind of sums up everything that they're going through, and what I love about that scene is that... Um, the other two are just kind of hanging out. <laughs> He's just playing the piano and they're just kind of sitting there waiting. Because why they're waiting is they had to, Mike Tyson leaves and says, you have to return my tiger somehow. And so they drug the tiger and they have to wait for it to fall over. What do we do now? We wait. What? Dream of when they take a little tiger snooze. 
Do they dream of mauling zebras or Halle Berry in her Catwoman suit? Don't you worry, pretty striped head. We're gonna get you back to Tyson and your cozy tiger bed. And then we're gonna find our best friend, Doug. And then we're gonna give him a best friend hug. Can you hear the chicken in the yes. background? And they're all just, they're reading, <laughs> they're just magazine reading magazines in the background. <laughs> they're just hanging out. They're waiting. <laughs> so and good. so they finally get, you know, the tiger in the car. Um, they Well, they drag it out. They get it in the car. And then they're driving to Tyson's. The tiger wakes up. They pulled over to the side of the road, all that kind of stuff. Then they have to push the car to Tyson's house. And then this is, it's a pretty good scene because at least you get to see a little bit of the night. They get into Tyson's house right. and he shows the security them their footage. security footage. So you see. Zach is peeing in the pool. And the part that we've laughed at, I remember the theater, I think it's Bradley Cooper who's like, he's just a, a regal. Such a regal. And then somebody's humping, <laughs> humping the tiger from the behind. Tiger. Like it's just, you know, what they're saying and what they did is so just funny. completely off. Yeah. Um, but at least they know that Doug's alive and was alive when at that point of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got that far. And usually by this time, I am asleep. Yeah. I still know what's going to happen next. But usually after Stu's song and after they're at Mike Tyson's, usually I have fallen asleep after listening. Well, at, then they run, run into Kim Jong. Yeah. And then they go back to the hotel and then they do that Rain Man Thing. Oh, they have to get the money. And and actually, I will speak of that scene. I love that scene because Heather Graham comes back. Yeah, she does. That was a really smart screenwriting thing mm-hmm. because you assume that, you know, because when they bust into her apartment, they get taken away. But then they're still in con- communication with her where she comes down with Phil. Right. Or not with Phil. She comes down with um, Stu and they help them get the money because they need to give $80,000 to... Um, to get Doug back, or they think they do. So I like that scene a lot. I like it because I just like the part where Bradley Cooper's <laughs> screaming at the dealer. <laughs> Austin. Oh, fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> What's funny is... He's flipping I've, off the cameras. I've seen that happen in casinos. Really? So like, guys get so... And first of all, when you're playing blackjack, you're not playing against the dealer. Uh-uh. The dealer wants you to win. Yeah. Because if you win, then, the, then, then you they get will a tip. tip. Yep. Um, you're playing against the house and it's, it is a lot of fun to watch a table get really hot. Um, and when you're at the table, even better, it happens on craps more than it happens yes, on blackjack. Yes. But I've been a part of those tables and it's kind of insane and fun and everybody's in on it and they're cheering for each other. And our personal, um, history of blackjack is I like playing, but I'm so cheap. You know, you usually, I mean, unless you're at a kind of an off, um, site hotel like if you go to any of the big boys the minimums are usually 25 yeah, bucks 25 dollars and you need like three or four hundred dollars mm-hmm. uh to afford the the bad runs that you're going to get so what you and i have figured out is mm-hmm. what we do instead well actually we've done two things to enjoy gambling in vegas one is we'll bet a bunch of prop bets yes uh on sports. basketball or mm-hmm. whatever it is like you so know, you sit in the sports um sports book, book and yeah. watch watch whatever your prop mm-hmm. bet is to see if it comes in. And then the other thing we do is we just go to the bar that has the video poker thing yeah. and we just play blackjack there because you could play for a lot less money and, you know, you're at the bar so you get free drinks. Yeah, and usually with video poker, I mean, it's not like we're going to make a ton of money, but it'll keep you there. Mm-hmm. You know, like what, Todd and I will always be like, we're going to quit or we're going to cash out as soon as we get to a certain amount. And as soon as you're close to that, you get a flush, you yes. know. They, w- it, they want you to keep putting that money in or they want to sure. keep it. So we, and then you get your free drink and sometimes you have a nice talk with a bartender and sometimes there's a good game on. 
fun or good music. You know, like it's fun. Yeah, don't play Kino, everybody. No, we have one zero on no. Kino. Like, and I know, I just, and maybe someone has one. Kino, I think, is uh, not in your favor at all. Ever. None of them are. But None that one is probably one of the worst. There's just no. It just does not work. Um, and we also play uh, video poker and video blackjack. That's yes. kind of fun too. So, so anyway, they play. They get that money. Um, and then they exchange Dugs in, they the, exchange in the, Dugs, the desert. And it's the wrong Dugs. It's the wrong Doug. It's the Doug is actually the drug dealer that sold Alan the Rufalin, which he meant to get ecstasy. Is that what he meant to get? Uh, yes. I believe he was going for ecstasy. And so, but then that's when they have the big awareness because they're talking, to, it's kind of a dumb connection. He's like talking about Rufalin and Roof. And right. then all of a sudden Stu's like, the Roof, that's where he is. And then Stu tackles... Alan, is it Alan? Sorry. No, he tackles Phil Phil in the middle of that phone call from the beginning. So now we're back to where we started in the movie, which is great. Yes. Which we, Todd and I were just talking upstairs. One of the funniest scenes, I think, is when they find Doug on the roof. Yes. And I just like the whole, I just like everything they say. Do you have that? I do. He's okay. You're okay. (laughs) Oh, God. We gotta go, buddy. Come on. We gotta go. We have been looking everywhere for you. He's alive. What the fuck is going on? We can explain everything, but right now we gotta go. Hey, bud. You okay? (laughs) No. Not okay. Not okay. You look good. You got some color. I'm jealous. I'm getting married today. Yes, you are. That, and Doug, that's why you need to focus and you do everything that we say because, frankly, you're, you're wasting a little bit of time. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking asshole! Oh it's my just god! A great two yeah. minutes of you're dialogue. You're wasting a lot of time. Oh my god! No, not okay. He says he's got some color because yeah. he's been sitting up in the sun <laughs> for this whole 24 hours. And he's just burnt. So, so I would say the rest of the movie is a little lame. Comparatively speaking, <laughs> see, and I disagree. This is this is kind of a hot take because you think it's going to be lame. Like they go outside, you think they're closing up shop. They uh, Stu says goodbye to Jade, um, and Jade's Heather Graham, and and then he says, "I'm going to come back next weekend and take you on a date." So that's kind of cute. Yeah. And then they get in the car. They're on their way back. And Before you- they get in the car. Stu, <laughs> Stu. Come on, come on. We haven't talked about uh, Alan and Phil. How Alan loves Phil. Yes. Yes. Alan has a crush on Phil. It's But it's like unspoken, but you see it throughout the movie. And it's a man crush. It's not like a romantic yeah. crush. It's like he wants to be Phil. And at the wedding, when they get to the wedding, he does his hair like Phil. Oh, that's right. He yeah, does. He does. He like wants to be Phil. So, you know, so they get in the car and they, you know, they drive like crazy. You find out that Doug has $80,000 that he had it on him all the time. So they, they're fine. They're leaving Vegas with money. Thank God. Cause do you ever add up in your head everything they're going to have to pay for on that ride? Home? Well, that room and that room is that room. They have to like, I'm just thinking of all the, um, uh, Phil or excuse me, Stu. How much they owe him, mm-hmm. you know, not just for cleaning up the room, but for the room. He took $800 out when yeah. he was at one. So there's like, I'm trying to like figure out all this money. They probably end up just being even in the end. So can you imagine being the woman who is getting married oh, that day? I can't. I can't. She kind of deals with it pretty well. Again, not a fully developed character. Right. The women in this movie are not developed. Yeah. And so she is lovely. So she's the opposite of Melissa, right? She's the cool girl. Right. She's the beautiful girl who is like, I love you no matter what, even if you show up late for our wedding and are burned to a crisp. Right. She's like, why are you so red? 
Um, um, have, how much? What's your experience with sunburn? Have you ever gotten really oh, badly sunburned? Yes. Remember the picture I was just showing you, my sister and I, when we were like in high school, we were coming home from the Bahamas or yeah. St. Thomas or something, and my face was so burnt that in the airport, like what I remember the pictures, I was peeling my face oh, off. Uh, the us from the eighties, we just fried. Them. You think kids are better at protecting yes. themselves? Yes. I'm not saying they stay out of the sun. I'm saying the normalization of sunscreen. Yeah. Like I still think kids lay out and they're on the beach. It's not that they're out, but they put on sunscreen. I did not put on sunscreen, Todd. Well, didn't some people put on like oil? oil? Yes, your dad. Which is supposed to like elevate? Your dad would, as stories go from you guys, is he would put on oil and then do that thing. That would he put that silver thing thing around him? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then we got to talk about the Dan band. Is that what they're called? Yeah. So they get there for the wedding. And this is why I think the movie doesn't get lame because they get to the wedding and like you said, the Dan band is playing. So the Dan band was in old school. Old school. And what else was the Dan band uh, as in? As far as I know, it was just those two. And the Dan band is hilarious because they sing songs, you know, but he exaggerates and like swears in the songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So sit down. I take you to the candy shop. I let you lick the lollipop. Go ahead, girl, don't you stop. Keep on going till you hit the spot. Oh, you can have it your way. <clears throat> How do you want it? Gonna back that thing up or should I push up on it? Break it down for you now, baby. It's simple. You be a nympho. I'll be a nympho. There's all these the old people dancing. Right. I have no idea who, what's, what song is that? Actually, we may not know the song. Maybe they wrote that one. I feel the, like in old school, in they did old a song school, that they knew. They did. Were they doing Total Eclipse of the Heart? Yeah, that something? sounds right. Yeah, so you're right. That song might be an or original. It's this one. Oh, it's you hit the spot. Fucking give it to me, baby. <laughs> And slow climb on top, ride it like you in the okay. rodeo. Sweet, this is a, this is explicit podcast, so oh, we can okay, get away so with it. Okay, so we can get away with it. Good. Oh, yeah. Okay, see, we're usually doing Zen parenting, yeah. so we're trying not to be explicit. So that whole scene is fun. And then that's when Melissa finds Stu and it's like, Stu, where have you been? And Stu's like, see ya. Yeah. So and and when we stopped. I called that bed and breakfast in Napa. They said they had no record of you even checking in. That's because we didn't go to Napa. Stu, what the fuck is going on? We went to Las Vegas. Oh, really? Las Vegas? Why would you go to Las Vegas? Because my best friend was getting married, and that's what guys do. Uh Really? Yeah. That's not what you do. Really? Well, then why did I do it? Huh? Because I did it. Riddle me that. Why did I do it? You know, sometimes I think all you want me to do is what you want me to do. I'm sick of doing what you want me to do all the time. I think in a healthy relationship, sometimes a guy should be able to do what he wants to do. That is not how this works! Oh, good! Because whatever this is, ain't working for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Since when? Since you fucked that waiter on your cruise last June. Boom! (laughs) Boom. Boom. And then, so, you know, so in that scene, Phil's very happy. So you ready for one of my hot takes? Okay, let's go. I don't like Vegas as a place for a bachelor party with me and my buddies. I've only, I think I've done it once, maybe twice. And there's just a lot of, um, I was one time I did this and it was a big group of us. Uh And the idea of getting like 15 guys moving in one direction is not an easy thing to do. And I remember like... The last night when everybody was kind of grumpy because we were drinking for two or three days, like some of us just wanted to stay in the casino and gamble and take it easy and maybe have a few beers. Other guys want to go out to the club. 
and we it was just there was and when you're in Vegas like you're always surrounded by other people right and if the idea is to kind of have fun with your buddies in a place where there's people everywhere mm, distracting it's distracting mm-hmm. like some of my favorite bachelor parties were like I went whitewater rafting mm-hmm. with a bunch of guys in West Virginia and we had like an RV and like we were together whereas mm-hmm. Vegas it's hard to kind of feel like you're part and you're like all in different um, hotel rooms and it's just yeah. Vegas doesn't work for me. I think with this movie because there's only four of them, you know, and it's a fictional account. But if you're just going with a few guys, like big deal or a few girls, I also I've gone to Vegas a few times with friends. Same kind of thing, fifteen of us, ten of us, whatever. And it is hard to stay together. And sometimes that's part of the night. You know what I mean? You all end up in different places. But I get it. Like I think you and I have kind of created a the things we like to do and we also kind of are always open to a new restaurant or a new show we try and like really focus our trips around seeing someone really good mm-hmm. like backstreet boys that's right somebody really good um and and just uh, my other hot take that i'm completely fine with i've never enjoyed gentlemen's clubs yes you don't and, like strippers and i Strip think clubs. i think that that is i think i'm in the minority amongst guys because oh if you're straight why wouldn't you want to see naked women but i just see the transactional even when i was like i think my first strip joint was when i was in college i was like a freshman or a sophomore i was like 19 and i'm just like this is dumb and all they're just they're just they just want money from like it just you saw the transactional yeah yeah. it's just not my thing at all the girls didn't really like you todd no at the strip club and even if they did i wouldn't know it because they just wanted a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars for me. Well, and that's what I mean. It's yeah. like I don't. I mean, you're, yeah, you're easy to like, but it's, they're there for your money. Yeah, yeah. It's a business. It's so a transaction. That may be my last hot take. I'm not sure. Um. So. So anyway, then the you think okay, that's the highlights. Stu and Melissa break up. You know, they all dance, and then the last scene, they're all sitting around, and it's really cute. Again, another interesting Phil moment because mm-hmm. Phil's got his son lying on his chest and he's asleep. So you're like, oh, Phil's a dad. Yeah. Um, we knew this, but it's kind of sweet. And then that's where you and I were like, when we were in the theater, we were like, oh my gosh, because then you realize they're about to show us their whole night, yes. which is they, you know, Alan brings over the camera that mm-hmm. he found somewhere in the car yep. and they have a pic, they have pictures from the whole night. So how many movies have you stayed? I mean, it's the best closing. It's a, it's a, see, people would say Marvel has done a good job with credits because everybody True. stays for the Marvel credits. Yeah. But this was pre-Marvel, and it was we sat there and we were like, "Oh my god!" They just filled in all the blanks for us. Yeah. And there's so many funny things at the end. There's Wayne Newton's in it, Carrot Top's yeah. in it doing coke. Yeah. Um, like you know, there's all these people that show up. Where and then you see how they met all these people. You know, you see the wedding. You see, so it's just like a great summary. Mm-hmm. It's just brilliant. It's, it's a brilliant you, comedic thing. Yeah, and it's what you wanted. You you were always you thought the movie was over. Yes. And you were and you felt you felt satisfied. Good. Yeah. And then you get to see everything that you missed yes. in a quick three minute montage of still shots. Yeah, and you know it's it's not great. All their choices. No, a lot of bad choices. A lot of bad choices. Um, and so you know, I loved. It's just I have memories. Obviously, it isn't you know a rewatchable for me because I watch it all the time or listen to it all the time. But when you and I went to the theater and saw this movie, we saw it kind of early. I think we had heard a few people said it was funny, and we just decided to go. And I remember us walking out and going, "When's the last time we've laughed out loud in a movie?" Like. Yeah. 
I can find something funny. We were just talking about Letterkenny uh, at lunch, and Letterkenny, Todd and I watched that, and it's a TV show. Most people don't know what that is. Yeah, well, it's a TV show if it's you don't Hulu. know. It's on Hulu. And we laugh after. Like, while we're watching it, we're like, what is this? And then, like, we'll talk about it the next day, and we'll laugh. This was one of these things that in the moment I was laughing. And yeah. I, um, you know, it, it was, it, it was obviously a lot of people were because it made a ton of money. Yeah. It made, I think I wrote down how much 400 money million? Really? Yeah. Something like that. Let's see. It was, they made it for 35 million. Yep. And it was, and then it made $469. <laughs> 469. Whoa. <laughs> 469 million worldwide. Um, it was the ninth highest grossing movie of, tw- of 2009 and set a new record as the highest grossing rated R comedy um, in it bypassed Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. So maybe that's what we should call it, a rated R comedy. Right. You know, it's not like rated R comedies, you have to expect certain things. And I think a lot of those things don't fly anymore. Right. And and I and I think that's okay. I mean, I think we can find different ways to be funny. Um, you know, without throwing people under the bus or doing stereotypes or not, you know, not allowing the women to have a full character arc. Right. Um, so it's okay. But for the, its time, um, so any, do you have any like... Trivia? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, hear. A few random things. Uh, Bradley Cooper, um, I don't know this word, teetotaler. Bradley Cooper is a, a teetotaler. That means he doesn't drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He stopped drinking when he was 29. Um, a real taser was originally going to be used in the taser scene, but lawyers from Warner Brothers demanded uh, that they did not. Thank God. Right? Considering where they tased them. I know. Um, I got to move up here. I saw one that uh, they wanted Lizzie Lohan to be yeah, Jade. That's, oh, yeah. We'll do about casting in a second. Okay. Uh, in real life, Mike Tyson owns seven tigers. Okay. Um, Zach Galifianakis impro- improvised the line. I didn't know they gave out rings at the Holocaust. The uh-huh. initial line had Ellen made a, making a sexual inappropriate comment about Stu's mom, but Zach thought up the new line for two reasons. He wanted to show that Ellen was someone who knew almost nothing about the world mm-hmm. and that a successful joke that mentioned the Holocaust would establish that the film was going to be hilarious overall. Everyone on the set loved it. Okay. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Todd, no, not that one. Oh, this is interesting. In the DVD, docu- in the DVD documentary, uh, Todd Phillips stated that a possible explanation for the chicken in the room is that the guys intended to feed it to the tiger. <laughs> okay, poor chicken. Right. Um, Roger Ebert uh, of the Chicago Sun Times gave it. What do you think he gave it? How many stars? Let's see. Let's, out of let me four. think. Roger Ebert. I think at least three. Three and a half stars. Yes. Uh, Ken Jong's wife, uh, Tran, was battling breast cancer and undergoing oh. chemo, yeah. which was difficult for the family as Ken was shooting the film in Las Vegas. Bradley Cooper drove Ken to L.A. so he could be there for his wife. Cooper invited the couple to spend the holidays with him. Oh, that's a lovely story. I think Bradley Cooper is probably one of the guys I would really like to be friends with. Yeah, he's a good man. Oh, my God. And he knows how to laugh. Yes. God, remember... Um, when he was on with uh, Dax. Oh, yeah. And, and they, they have a history. 
they have a funny history, those two. And he also knows how to cry. You yes. know, you think about the inside the actor's studio, he yep. could not stop crying. And a lot of that had to do with his dad. And, you know, he lost his, his dad was actually there for that, but his dad was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's just a really um, full, whole human. Um, Zach Galifianakis said he tried to forbid his own mother from seeing the film <laughs> and that he yells at parents of kids who tell them that they watch the movie. Watch the movie. I believe it. Yeah, it's. I I saw that Zendaya was on a panel, uh, recent. It wasn't recent because it's kind of an old clip, but where there's like a little, it's like a panel with press, yeah. And then there's a little girl who asks her a question about Euphoria, and Zendaya's like, "Why has this child seen this show?" Yes, like the fact that you know, again, The Hangover is a rated R comedy. Yeah, you know, like child, young children should not be viewing it. <laughs> Um, Alan is actually correct. Card counting is not illegal and is indeed only frowned upon. It's frowned upon. Casinos are not allowed to ban suspected counters as per the Supreme Court ruling. Okay. Uh, three sets of twins and a dummy were used to portray the baby. So should we tell that story about the baby? Uh, sure. So the baby, there's a scene where um, when they're sitting at the table trying to figure things out and they have the little baby Carlos that they call him, but is actually his name is Tyler. And um, Zach Galifianakis or Alan is pretending that he's masturbating, that, that the baby's masturbating, which again, <laughs> totally inappropriate. Right. But when they were filming, they asked the dad of that baby, can we do this? This is our idea right here on the spot. And the dad said, if you're going to do it, do it quick, because his mom's up in yes. the room. So Which is hilarious. It's, it's hilarious and awful, because yeah. if I'm that kid's mom, I want to be like, dude, come on. Um, trying to see if there's anything other than what I've already shared with you. Uh, in Brazil, the movie and its sequels is better known as Se Beber Neo Case, which means if you drink, don't marry. <laughs> so let's talk about Hangover 2 and 3. Oh, um, I've never seen 3. Okay. And two was pretty bad, but not bad. as awful as some people. Like, it's not unwatchable. I think three is unwatchable. The weird thing about three, I've only watched half of three. I think we were together when we watched half of three. Mm-hmm. And it's a totally different tone. Like, the tone of The Hangover and The Hangover 2, again, not great, but the tone is pretty similar. Yeah. Hangover 3 is like a weird, like, comedy. <laughs> like, a, it's not, and I know they're all comedies, but it, like, I feel like even the cameras are different. Yeah. It's like they just tried to do something really quickly. So Very strange. Now we're going to go through other Vegas movies really quick. Okay, let's hear it. Um, before I read you, I, I googled the top twenty movies that have. Honeymoon Vegas. in Vegas is not on there. It's not on there, which is a problem because I love that movie. We have so many quotes from Honeymoon. Any in Vegas. other off the top of your head? Before I read you my list, sure. I think Rain Man. Yep, they that's in are there. in Vegas. Uh, Swingers, which is one of our favorites, yep. and we've done a pop culturing on Swingers. Everybody. Yes, we have. So look back in our archive. Um, let's see, what's another one? If you don't feel like oh, thinking, I can casino. just casino. Yep. Um, uh, just give me one second. I think I could come up with another one. Do 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 do. I mean, do, like Bugsy. No, that's not in here. Okay, I okay. mean, I'm sure it is. Go ahead. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. Oh, duh. We just watched that the other day again. Um, Leave in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Hard movie to watch. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Sure. They're with Burke Baccarat. A lot of vagina. A lot of vagina. This Uh, is my wife, Oprah. (laughs) I am Richie Cunningham, (laughs) and this is my wife, Oprah. Um, The Cooler, which is a really good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. I like that. Pretty disturbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Showgirls, which is one of the mm. dumbest movies of all time. Cult classic, honey. 
uh, indecent proposal. Oh, yeah. Sweetie, I would never sell you, by the way. Thank you. Just an FYI. Even if uh, you needed money? No. Um, that's a great movie. That's a... Yeah, that's a good movie. Things that came into my head when you said indecent proposal was Demi Moore's hair. That, gorgeous. That dress that gorgeous. she gets gorgeous. And that... I think that's the first time I realized how old Robert Redford was. Yeah. Because him compared to them, you know, I kind of grew up with Robert Redford. That was like my mom's heartthrob, you know? Yeah, like we, Robert Redford for us, like, I, I don't remember attaching myself to any Robert Red. Like first time I, I'm like, oh, this, this guy, it was The Natural. Yeah, The Natural. And that natural. was probably his like 55th movie he ever did. I think the only movies that I can think of that I liked The Electric Horseman when I was young. I liked, uh, the, in The Natural, I didn't love um, All the President's Men. And then out of Africa. Yeah. That was about it. A few casting what ifs. Okay. Lindsay Lohan was offered part of Jade the Stripper, but turned it down. She did not like the script and thought the movie would bomb. Heather Graham was given the role. I read something different. I read that she was supposed to get it, but then they thought she was way too young. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jack Black turned down. And first of all, this is, we got this off the internet, so who knows if it's true. Jack Black turned down the role of Alan and Jonah Hill, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Thomas Hayden Church were considered for the role before it was substantially rewritten during development. So wait, Jake Gyllenhaal for Alan? It's a, I don't know. This is how it's written. Jack Black turned down the role of Alan and yeah, they said, yeah. They That's said, crazy. Yeah. It's, and we know that Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd turn, turned down the turned role down of Phil. Of Phil yeah. Josh Lucas, whoever that is. Yeah, you know Josh Lucas. Who's Josh Lucas? Um, I'm trying to think of a movie that you, um, that Josh Lucas is in. I can see his face. Um, I can't think of any of his movies. Let me look it up. Josh Lucas, Vince Vaughn, Josh Hartnett, and Ethan Embry were considered for the part of Phil. Okay. While Breckenmeyer, Will Ferrell, and Seth Rogen were considered for the part of Stu and Jeremy Piven. Um, so so you it. haven't seen the only movie that I think you've seen with Josh Lucas because he's been an American psycho. Um, you can count on me. A beautiful mind, but not a main character. Oh, Sweet Home Alabama is where I really know him because uh, he was one of the main guys. You've probably seen him in... God, you haven't seen any of these movies, Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, sweetie, we were supposed to watch Ford versus Ferrari, but somebody fell asleep in the middle tired. of it. I was tired. Um, the film won the Golden Globe Award. You already knew, We already talked about that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's all I got. Um, yeah, this is, let me see if I've got anything else. I don't think I do. I think that we got through a lot of information in a short amount of time. This is, um, you know, this is one of those movies and I, I'm curious how other people feel about this movie. Like, is this a lot of people's favorite movie? Have they not watched it since? Have they never seen it? Do you think it's inappropriate? Like, I'm just so curious about what other people think about the hangover. I think it's quite possible. They'd be like, I love this movie and it's terribly inappropriate. Yes. Which is kind of where I land. Yeah. <laughs> like that's where we land in a lot of movies from our history. Right. Well, yeah. In 2009, I'm sure they filmed this 2008, 2007. Mm -hmm. uh, we were in a different world. Yeah. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Barack was just in his second year of his presidency at that time you know you and i were watching a couple a couple weeks ago we were just kind of flipping through and knocked up was on and you know it's judd apatow's probably first big movie and i remember loving that movie and and now when you watch it it's like whoa come mm -hmm. on like and i kind of felt that way already you know when i was watching it the putting together seth rogan and um Catherine Heigl. Um, not that, I mean, I, I like Seth Rogen. It's not, but it just, the whole premise, talk about undeveloped female characters. Yep. Like 
she, what, yeah. you know, like what her whole story, like, um, it didn't make sense. And so, you know, we just accepted things that were different. And now I know that comedians have to kind of figure out new ways and, yeah. and it's okay. Yeah. I think that that's how we evolve. <laughs> yep. No doubt about it. You know? Um, all right. So we're going to just end with a little bit of this. Thanks, we don't know everybody. what we're doing next. I think we do, what but we're we not going to share it. Is it it's a secret? What might it be between? We talked a little bit about Jack Tripper. Oh, yeah. Three's Company. We were thinking about doing an overview of Three's Company. Um, also talked about Ferris Bueller Ferris and the, Bueller, Fugitive. the Fugitive. And I feel like there's one or few, two others. So if you have any suggestions, let us know. Um, but yeah, I feel the need to talk about Jack Tripper, Christmas Snow, and Janet, Janet Wood. Wood. And Terry. And Terry. And Cindy. And Cindy. And Larry. And RF. And Mr. Roper. And Mrs. Ro- Mrs. Roper, that horn dog. And Lana. Lana was also a horn dog. And the Regal Beagle. And the Beagle. We'll just talk about the Beagle. <laughs> All right, keep trucking, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen Circle, our very own app that includes our virtual community, exclusive content, and support from us. You could also purchase Kathy's award-winning book, Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World, or subscribe to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com slash resources. And if you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we'll talk to you again next week.